let's bow and we're going to pray with a preaching moment. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you, we praise you, we love you, and God, we ask that you would give us something this day. God bless the hearer as well as the speaker, and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. And let everybody say, Amen. Amen. Come on, with your Bibles in your hands. Repeating after me, we are going to go into our confession. And Miss Alana, did I tell you to wave at me? Well, wave at me. I'm sorry, baby. Wave at me. And tomorrow, Miss Alana turns 11. Damn. My baby girl. She's still my baby, though. All right. Repeat after me. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I will have what it says I will have. I'm a part of Deliverance Temple. Where we love. By living our vision every day, we connect with our creator continually. We confess our deliverance consistently. We commit to serve creatively. We communicate Christ's love compassionately. Father God, feed me your word. If you believe you're going to be fed, go ahead and give God some praise this morning. All right, so we're going to do just a bit of a recap. So we have been in what I've been calling the Pathway Series. And so we've had three sermons in it so far. And so let's cover them. The first one was the Path Forward. Somebody say the Path Forward. And in the Path Forward, we gave us some assurances. And these are four assurances that we gave us. A, when your path is dark, he will be your light. B, when your path is confusing, he will be your peace. C, when your path is hard, he will be your comfort. And D, when your path is weak, he will be your strength. Then we went from the path forward to the path inward. And the path inward are points where, one, when you go inward, you aren't retreating, you are replenishing. Two, when you go inward, you aren't retreating, you are renewing. Three, when you go inward, you aren't retreating, you are realigning. And four, when you go inward, you aren't retreating, you are rejoicing. And then our third in the sermon series was the path downward and we uh, illuminated four weights that would pull us downward and the one was uh, point one was circumstance focus when you focus on your circumstance pulls you downward two when your others focus when you're focusing too much on other people's business pulls you downward three when you are past focus you focus too much on the past it brings you downward and then four when you are evil focused you focus on evil it takes you on the path downward and so our last installment of this sermon series, the Pathway series, is going to be the path upward. Somebody say upward. Let's, uh, before we give you a definition of up, upward, we are not going to go and talk about the path down, I mean, the path backwards. That could have been the fifth part of the series, but we're not going to talk about that because the scripture says in Jeremiah 3.14, it says that God is married to the backslider. And in verse 15, he says that he would give us pastors after his own heart. And so if you have a pastor after the heart of God, if you do slip backwards, the word of God will lasso you and bring you back in. So you really don't have to worry about going backwards. All you got to do is keep coming to the house of God and whatever is causing you to slip backwards, God will grab you and pull you where you need to be. So we're going to close this series talking about the path upward and do it for me again. Say upward. 
let's look at uh, upward as a definition. Defining upward is moving, pointing, or leading to a higher place, point, or level. I'm going to read it again. Moving, pointing, or leading to a higher place, point, or level, or progressing to new levels. It is high time where we realize I can't stay on the same level forever. Year in and year out, I do want to go upward. I'm reminded of the song that says, love lift us up where we belong. And B.B. and C.C. changed it and said, Lord, lift us up where we belong. I, I realize that in my life, I have never been perfect in my life and neither have you. And because we've never been perfect, there's been some stumbles, some falls, some slips, some setbacks. But just because I stumbled and fell and slipped and set back don't mean I got to stay on the same level forever. I, I'm going to raise up somewhere, somehow in my life. When you see me from one year to the next, from one decade to the next, I'm not always going to look the same because I'm pointing upward. I'm moving upwards. I'm growing upward. I'm expanding. I'm progressing. I'm moving because there's something in me that says I'm better than what I've seen up until this point, so I'm going up a little higher. If all I've ever had was fried bologna, I don't want to eat fried bologna all my life. I want another level. Take me to Ruth Chris every now and then. I want another level. If the only place I've ever laid my head is the Super 8 Motel, nothing wrong with that. But every now and then put me in a five-star hotel. I, I want to go to another level. And if I want to go to another level in natural things, I want to go to another level in spiritual things. All right, so let's, let's move in and frame this out with four points, which we've done in every single one of the sermons. Here's four truths about the path upward. Four truths about the path upward. Here's the first truth. The path upward is not the path of least resistance. Let's get that out of the way early. You already know it. In order to go upward in this day and age, it's going to take some effort. Not only are we going upward, sometimes the upward is a climb. Sometimes we are climbing up the rough side of the mountain. And so if you assume that everything's going to come easy peasy, lemon squeezy, you got the wrong understanding. And the only thing I want to know is where you've been the last three years. Because ain't nothing been easy about this life. But just because it's not easy is not a sign you're on the wrong path. Sometimes the path you're on is not the path of least resistance. It's the path of obstacle. It's the path of problem. It's the path of folk lying on you. It's the path of people promoting everybody but you. It's the path of folks stabbing you in the back. But one thing you learn in the path is if it doesn't kill me, it just might make me better. Sometimes the scars that I have is a scar that I'm battle tested. I'm, I'm wound tested. I, the devil can't just throw any little thing at me and it's going to make me fall. Well, the devil hit me with a towel. Oh, God. No, baby. You got to do more than that to mess me up. You got to get up a whole lot early in the morning to mess me up because I've been through hell and high water. I, 
out of being at the bottom of the barrel. And for me, the only way is up. I started at the bottom, but now I'm here. And let me announce to you, and I've said it to you over and over, and let me say it to you again. When you've been through stuff, you don't let somebody criticize the level you're on now. What you think you need with that Cadillac ain't none of your business. Because I was on the bus. Don't worry about where I am now. I've been through something to hold what I'm holding now. So talk about me if you want. I'm not worried about it. I'm about to do what I want to do, when I want to do, how I want to do. As long as God is pleased with it, if you don't like it, I'm sorry for you. And once you've gone through stuff, you stop making decisions based on everybody else. I want to I wanna have a birthday party. And you focus everything on the birthday party, on all the gifts you're going to give everybody else. Baby, it's your birthday party. I'm not worried about where. I don't like this color. I know my friend don't like this color. Is it your friend's birthday or is it your birthday? Some of y'all been beat down so long you make choices for everybody else but yourself. Sometimes you got to make some stuff for yourself. And then you get up and you travel on your birthday. I thought you was going to have a party. Well, I didn't want to be around nobody but me today. I'm 55 and I'm doing what I want to do. I'm going where I want to go. Now, now I don't want y'all to be selfish, but, but let's be honest. Sometimes folk will get on your nerves and they'll try to control what you're trying to do. Everybody else fighting. Well, why you want to have it at 4 o'clock? 4 o'clock's too early. Come or don't come, I don't care. This is for me. I'm doing some stuff for me. I'm going through another level for me because I've been through the fire. I, I've been through the flood. And people pleasing is no longer in my vocabulary. Stop doing everything for everybody else. Sometimes you, you, you have to because you're, you're good people, but... Sometimes you, get a, you just got to stop inconvenience yourself. You have you ever been driving and you're always worried about, are you comfortable back there? Is it too much air on you? Is it too hot? Listen, you get around some folk, they always complain. I'm putting the air on what I want to put it on. I paid the gas. We're going where I want to go. Slow down. If you don't want me to go this fast, don't ride with me. Today, I'm doing what I need to do. Sometimes you just got to make some decisions for you. I hope y'all don't turn selfish because of what I'm preaching. But many of y'all, you have, you, you've been a floor mat too long. Folk have stepped on you too long. You, you've made decisions for other folk too long. Sometimes you got to make some decisions between you and God. This is what we're going to do. This is where we're going to go. This is what we're going to buy. Man, that's, that's too expensive. Maybe it's too expensive for you. But if I can't afford it, stay out of my business. All right, let me, let me move on. Because then when I try to tell you what to do, you're going to be like, remember, Pastor, remember what you said? Let's move on. Now, this is going to take a turn for us. Let's look at here in this verse. So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up. The law and the prophets. It sums up the law and it sums up the prophets. All right. So this will keep us from being too selfish. If we learn to do unto others what we would have them do unto us. 
Now, I was talking about the people, but let's put it in your perspective. Here's the thing. Um, I'm going to give you a wild example. Let's say I, I don't like yellow. Let's say I don't like yellow. And you have a party and all the decorations in yellow. Guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to keep my mouth shut because it ain't my party. Because when it becomes my turn, I want you to do to me what I've done to you. Now, here's the problem with some people is they want everybody to treat them on a level that they won't treat other people. If you want kindness, put kindness out there. If, if you want people to pay attention to what you want done, you need to pay attention to what other people want done. But here's the point that I was making previously. When you've done that all your life, it's okay to start making choices for yourself. But some people have never put anybody above themselves. They have never made a choice for someone else. They have never inconvenienced themselves for someone else. It's always what they want to do. And there are some people, the reason why their relationships never work, and this is the season of Valentine's Day, is because people who are selfish never work in relationships. Because relationships require somebody's got to compromise sometime during the situation. Talk to you women for a minute. Sometimes you want the man always to do what you want, always. Why have a man if he always going to do what you want done? Because a real man is not always going to jump when you say jump. High, high, baby, high, high. See, a fake man who's playing will say that just so he can get what he want at the end. But a real man, you can't push your real man just anywhere because a real man has some standards. So if you want a real man, that means sometimes you're going to have to compromise too. I don't, need, I don't mean to get in this too long, but sometimes you're going to have to shut up during the game. You don't want him making noise when you're watching your stories. Well, when he's watching the game, you shut up too. It was good for the goose. It's good for the gander. So let's, let, let's put it in spirituality. We talked about in our first sermon of the year, what else? Oftentimes, we are looking for God to do things for us when we're never willing to do for God. Now, because God is so good and so grand and he's the creator of the universe, sometimes we just assume he should take anything. But if you're reminded of Cain and Abel, the reason why Cain was upset with Abel is because God accepted Abel's offering, but he refused Cain. And he told Cain, if you would have brought me what I wanted, I would have given you what you needed. But the problem is you want to give God just anything and expect him to take it. But guess what? That is not the path upward. The path upward is going to have some resistance in it, and it's going to require you to do unto others as you would have them to do unto you, including God. Let's move on. Look what it says here. Let's go back. But small it yeah, that's the right one. enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. All right, so there's two gates. There's a narrow gate, and then there's a wide gate, and two paths. The path upward is not in the wide gate where there is a whole lot of freedom, and there's a whole lot of space. The path upward is in the narrow gate. And the difference between the narrow gate and the wide gate is a whole lot of people 
are on the wide gate. Give you an example of that in the, uh, let, let's just say uh, if you're going somewhere, maybe you get on I-69, that's wide. But mess around and get on one of them County Road 250, County Road 575, that it may not be paved, that may, it may be bumpy, it may be quite narrow, it might be a horse and carriage from the Amish on the same road, and you got to, it's quite narrow. So sometimes the path upward is not the wide path where you can just be doing anything. You have to be focused on this path because it's quite narrow. Let me explain it even further. Everybody is not going down this path. So if you have a whole bunch of friends on your path, it's a possibility you're on the wrong path. Because when you get on the path God wants you to be on, a lot of times folk will leave you. They will get off the trip. They will abandon you. And so when you get lonely, it's a possibility you're in the right spot. When you don't have nobody to talk to, it's a possibility you're in the right lane, you're on the right vein. Because sometimes it gets narrow. And let me tell you something, the path upwards, you can't do everything. You can't be with everybody. You can't go everywhere because everywhere and everybody is not going upward. And it don't take too long to find out because you can listen to people's speech and know whether they plan on going upward or not. Oh, what do you mean, Pastor Andre? Let me, let, let me, let me talk this way just in case. Um, we, in ta we in tax season. And it's some folk that want to borrow everybody's dependents that didn't live in their house to bring more money in so they can buy what they want to buy. Let me tell you something. If you always want to cheat to get by, you are not on the narrow path. Unless, yes, you can do it and get away with it, but it will never put you where you want to be ultimately. If you want to go upward, sometimes you just got to use integrity and do it the right way. But sometimes the right way is the harder way. It's the more restrictive way. Everybody else got PPP loans. But if you don't have a business, don't file for something and make up something because everybody else is doing it. Sometimes you got to be in the narrow path. No, narrow path is not always fun. Well, Pastor, I like, I want you to go back to the other point. When you tell me to do what I want to do and, and choose for me. Yeah, I was setting you up to get to this point. Yes, but you still have to do it in a narrow way. There are boundaries in this life. I don't like all the boundaries. Because the boundaries are adverse to my flesh. Then I, I like boundaries that suit me. I don't like when the boundary bothers what I want to do. I don't like it when, the, when God tells me to do something that ain't got nothing to do with uh, the Bible necessarily. When he tells me to cut back on sweets, cut back on sweets ain't going to get me in heaven quicker. So why are you bothering me about my sweets, God? Because I know what's in your arteries. I know what's in your body. So I may tell you something. That is not comfortable to you. But if you want to go upward, sometimes you got to put some guardrails over your life. 
I'm, I'm learning. One thing, I, I drive a lot. I really don't like seat belts. I don't like, I don't like having all that over me. Just get that off me. Especially if I got a coat on, I want to drive relaxed. But I have teenagers in my car who are getting ready to drive. How can I tell them to put their seatbelt on if I don't want to put my seatbelt on? So even though I don't like it, sometimes I look beside me and drain him. As soon as he gets the car, he puts his seatbelt on. Dang, I'm going to have to do it too. Because if I'm going to lead by example, I'm going to have to do what I don't want to do. Because I don't want to get a call one day where he was doing something silly and didn't have his seatbelt on. And he was looking at me as his model. So guess what, Andre, even if you don't like it, do it anyway. It's a lot of stuff. That's narrow that we need to do. Let's let's put up this next verse. Mm-hmm. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. Only a few find it. We used to read that as if only a few are going to make it in. That's not really what it means. It means only a few are going to find it on their own. Most other people, you have to lead them to the narrow path because by nature we do not want the narrow path but sometimes you got to prove to someone this is the way see you you take a man who lifts up his shirt to another man and you see them big abs and just six pack rolling real good and tight you realize man I want what you got but in order to get what you got I got to be willing to do what you did See, normally it takes somebody already on the path that can come back and tell you this is the way to go. And so it, it, it pulls you and draws you in. So few find it on their own. Few people just wake up and say, I'm doing the right thing for the rest of my life. Normally it takes some bumps and some bruises before you realize what path to be on. All right, let's continue. Let's go to point number two. While you're on point number two, I'll reiterate point number one. Point number one, the path upward is not the path of least resistance. Point number two is the path upward is not left up to you alone. That's a beautiful thing. So let's look at this verse here. It says, James 4, 7, read that, Mother Mitchell. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will. So this path starts to get on the narrow path. It starts with submission. Submission to the things of God. When you begin to humble yourself to the things of God, that gets to molding you into the correct path. Then it says resist the devil. Remember, it's not the path of least resistance. It's going to cause some resistance. So then you have to resist the devil and he will flee from you. Now let's look at the next verse. Draw near to God, uh-huh. and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. I, what I love about it, it, it does tell us to draw near to God. and then, But it doesn't stop there. It says, and he will draw near to you. I, I love doing this whenever I, uh, I do this to give us the context of it. Would you, in the back, would you open it up wide to see the whole stage? And... I'll make, I'll make this point that makes it very clear for me. So I, being an adult, if I'm walking to a child, who's going to get to the child first? Is it me or is the child going to get to me first? Well, because my steps are larger than the child's steps, more than likely 
I can get to it very quick. Let's 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 do that again. So so from here to there as a child, let's take child steps. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Took me ten steps to go from there to here. But in big adult steps, one, two. I can get there in two steps. You, you can come back off of that shot. The point I'm making is God's steps are much bigger than your steps. So when you draw nigh to God, he draws nigh to you. But his steps are bigger than your steps. And so sometimes you're afraid of taking the step because Martin Luther King said faith is taking the first step when you can't even see the stairway. I can't see where I'm going, but God, I'm going to take a step. But somehow when I took a step, God showed up. How did you show up so quick? When I drew nigh to him, he drew nigh to me. But his steps are much bigger than my steps. And he showed up right in the nick of time because God can step and get to me just like that. Here's something else that will help us understand. And put this up. This will paint the picture even, even clearer. Stairs versus escalators. Let's put a picture up to make it, make it even, even really clear. So on the left side, there are, is the escalator. On the right side, there's steps. Now, the escalator is made that all you have to do is take one step. And you can ride all the way to the top. The stairs, you got to take every single step. So if there are 50 steps, you are required to make 50 steps. But if you take the escalator, all you got to do is take one step. And I'm here to let you know in the things of God, all you need is one step. And you can ride all the way to the top. You ain't got to keep walking. Well, pastor, I'm addicted, baby. You ain't got to worry about the addiction. All you need is one step. Well, I got to go through the 12 steps of addiction. Yes, you may have to go, but all you really needed was one step. That one step will take you through the 12 steps. Whatever you need, if you draw nigh to God, he'll draw nigh to you. And I'm here to tell you, if you would step in the hand of God, if you would step in the presence of God, if you would step in the direction of God, God will do the rest. I'm here to let you know. I stopped by to tell somebody, all you need is to get next to God and to make up in your mind, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice. This is the season. I'm about to get it right. This is the season. I'm about to be forgiven. This is the season. I'm about to get delivered. All I need is one step. Look at your neighbor and say, one step is all you need. Now, let me tell you something else. One of the worst things I've ever seen is somebody trying to go down an up escalator. Do you know how ignorant it looks and how struggle it is? Sometimes you have to go down. But what happens is it's trying to take you up and you keep trying to run back down. I'm looking at some Christians that God is trying to push them up, but they keep trying to run back down. Baby, this is the day to stop fighting God. Stop bucking God. If God wants to take you to millionaire, just go ahead and be a millionaire. Stop running back down. God wants to lift you. Oh, he wants to raise you up. All right, let's, let's go to another verse real quick. Another two. I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me 
waited patiently. One of the reasons why I have taken the steps instead of the escalator is because the line for the escalator was a little too long. So let me go ahead and take the steps. I told you last week on the story when I was in Niagara Falls how I took the steps instead of the elevator because I got impatient. Sometimes you got to learn how to just wait on the Lord. Because if you do it your way, it's going to cost you more effort. It's going to cost you more sweat equity. And you're going to wear yourself out. You're going to be in trouble. Sometimes you'll be like a maze. I don't know if any of you guys have ever been in a mirror maze. Where you're going through these things and because it's a mirror, you really can't tell where you're going. Took my kids one time in a mirror maze and I ran smack dab into the mirror. I'm like, this is the way we should go. Bam! Hit my head right in the mirror. I try to play it off in front of my kids, but baby, it hurt. I got too fast. I was too mixed up. And some of y'all are too fast and you're all mixed up and you're running into stuff. Have you ever listened to somebody on Facebook? They are something different every other month. I'm going to be a hairdresser. I'm going to sell cars. Make up your mind, baby. You are mixed up and confused. How about you just shut up and wait on God? I don't know what I'm going to be. I don't know what I'm going to do. But I'm going to wait on the Lord to renew my step. I'm not moving. I'm not talking. I'm not sharing. I'm just going to wait on God. But when God grabs me, he's going to take me where I need to be. Let's look at the next verse. This is Psalms 41 and 2. We already read verse 1. Verse 2 says what? He lifted me up out of the oh, slimy yeah. pit, out of the mud and mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to This stand. is where we get the saying, he picked me up out of the miry clay. The miry clay is when you sink down in it. Sometimes you step in some stuff and it holds you. It grabs you. I stepped in a relationship that I couldn't get out of. I stepped in some stuff I couldn't get out of it. But oh, I thanks be to God who stepped down and pulled me up out the miry clay. The only thing that represents where I've been is you look at the bottom of my feet, you see a little mud residue still on my feet from where God has brought me from. I don't forget where he's brought me from, but I'm grateful I'm not who I used to be. I'm grateful I'm not what I used to be. I was sinking in it, but not I, I'm not no more. Uh, remember Mother, Woods, Mother Watson was saying to us that I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore. I was very deeply staying within. I was sinking to rise no more. But the captain of the sea heard my despairing cry and from the water lifted me. Now safe and my love lifted me. Love lifted me when nothing else can help. Love lifted me. I'm so glad you found a church that'll love you through your hell. We'll love the hell out of you. We'll love the mud out of you. We'll love the mess out of you. Because we know God can pick you up. Not only can he pick you up, he can turn you around. He can set your feet on solid ground. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. That saved a wretch like me. I once was a lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. <laughs> Won't he do it? Yes, he will. Basically, the point I'm making is all you got to do is make one step for God. Now, let me pause and slow down. It's much easier to preach it than it is to live it. Because 
Many times God will take you places prophetically that you are not there experientially. In other words, God told Samuel to anoint David as king. But he went and was stuck as a shepherd. You may still be functioning like a shepherd, but I want you to know you got a king inside of you. Do you remember almost a year ago, it was in March that Sister Kelly preached to us and talked about the king on the inside. Just because your apartment don't look like a king and a queen don't mean you're not a king and a queen. I want you to hold on till your chains come. I want you to hold on to God fix it up. I want you to hold on to God turn it around. I want you to hold on to God make a way. He'll make a way out of no way. He'll make streams in the desert. I want you to trust God because where you're going this next season it's going to be all God. Somebody say all God and all good. Let's go to point number three. Here's another good thing. The path upward is not left up to man. We say you got to draw nigh to God, he'll draw nigh to you. And so what I mean by this point is not everybody wants you to go up. But the path upward is not left up to man. David said, if my mother and father forsake me, if your daddy don't believe you should go up, If your mama don't believe you should go up, even though they birthed you, they don't have the final say-so. If your boss keeps skipping over you, your boss don't have the final say-so. If your pastor don't like you, your pastor don't have the final say-so. Here, read it. Here, read why Mother Mitchell read it. For promotion coming neither from the east nor from the west, nor from the south. Uh-huh, read. But God is the judge. He putteth down one and setteth up another. Listen, when God get ready, I don't care who don't like it. I don't care if the Republicans, the Democrats, the Independents. I don't care if General Motors don't like it. I don't care if Ball Memorial don't like it. It don't make a difference. When God get ready to promote you, can't nothing stop it. What God has for me, It is for me. You can lie on me. You can talk about me. You can walk out of my life. It don't make a difference. If God says it so, it is so. If God get ready to bless me, he going to bless me. If God want to turn something around for Melvin, he can do it. I don't care if you don't like it. God has the final say so. Promotion don't come from your education. Promotion don't come from your family. It don't come from your pedigree. It don't come from your denomination. It comes from the king of kings and the lord of lords. It comes from the creator of the universe. The one that put the stars in the sky and said stay right there. Told the ocean how far to come. Told the sun not to burn up the earth. That God when he says it's time. It's time. When he says I'm blessing, he gonna bless. When he say I'm healing, he gonna heal. When he say I'm gonna work it out, he gonna work it out. Can't nobody stop God cause God is God. He always been God and he always will be God. And all you got to do is wait on the Lord. Oh, I feel like preaching this sanctified morning. 
I don't know who I'm talking to. I don't know what you're going through. All I know, God told me to tell you, the path is going back upward. Yes, you've been down. Yes, you've been pushed over. Yes, you've been lied on. Yes, you've been talked up. But lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be ye lifted up, ye everlasting doors. And the King of glory shall come in. Who is the King of glory? He's the Lord strong and mighty. He's the Lord mighty in battle. Lift, lift up your heads. Oh, hallelujah. Go ahead, praise the Lord. Yeah. Now, now just, just to add some context, just think about this for just a second. I want you to get in my imagination just for a second. Right now, I'm standing here. And as far as I can see is our old fellowship hall. I call it the old fellowship hall because we're going to build a new one. But as far as I can see is the old one. And that's why people thought that the earth was flat because you could only see so far that way. My peripheral vision, I can only see so far. Right now, this is as far as I can see out of my peripheral is this here. I can't see the TV. I can't see the screen. And when I look here, as far as I can see, is the same thing. So my eyes were not designed to see a whole lot this way or a whole lot that way. When I look down, as far as I can see is wherever I'm standing. I can't look through concrete. I can't look through the ground. So my eyesight is limited forward, sideways, and downward. And I don't always remember, but they tell me like the, the sun is 96 million miles away. Even if we don't go that far, when you look in, in the sky, you can see a plane that's 30,000 feet in the air. You mean I can only see a few feet in front of me, a few feet down, a few feet that way. But when I look up, I can see 30,000 feet in the sky because I was always trained to look up. I was always trained to go up. I was always trained to be the head and not the tail. I was built to be above only and not beneath. So guess what? No longer will my head be down. I'm looking up. I'm looking for my redemption. I'm looking for my God. And sometimes I'm looking beyond myself. Here, here's something else I, I got to say before I move on. When you look in the mirror, you don't always like what you see. For various reasons. But I want you to look to the Andre that you can't see. Or whoever you are. I want you to look above. I want you to see stuff that you can't see. I want you to see yourself driving something you never drove. I want you to see yourself staying somewhere you never stayed. I want you to get your imagination. And I want you to look up. Let me do this real quick. You may not be able to see it on the, on the live. But some of y'all, y'all look at your pockets. And ain't nothing in it. Ain't nothing in my pockets. I'm broke as a joke. Well, stop looking there and start looking up. What could be? What might be? What possibility could be? Every now and then, just think in your head. If 35.
$5 million just showed up tomorrow, what would I do with it? I want you to start thinking ahead and looking ahead and looking. The Bible says we used it last week, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. You've been looking too low. You've been thinking too low. You've been thinking too small. Look up and look big. Somebody say with me, say look up and look big. All right, let's go on. This is point number four. Let me give us a recap real quick. Our very first point was this. The path upward is not the path of least resistance. The path upward is not left up to you alone. And the path upward is not left up to man. And here is the fourth one. The path upward was started by Jesus. All right, so here's two definitions that will help us as we come to a close. Here, trailblazer. What is a trailblazer? It's a pioneer, an innovator, a person who makes a new track through a wild country. Let's look at what a forerunner is. A forerunner is a person or thing that precedes the coming or development of someone or something else. And so I couldn't preach this to you if there wasn't somebody over 2,000 years ago that stepped out of heaven and went through 42 generations and landed in a manger and was wrapped in swaddling coals, but walked this earth and healing and raising people from the dead, but went to an old rugged cross. And on the cross, he did what he did. So now let's go to the verse. Read this here. What does it say? Now is the judgment of this world. Now will the ruler of this world be cast out. Now what does he say next? And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. So when you're looking up, even though I use the plane and the sun, you're not looking at the plane. You're looking at the one that was lifted up from the earth, lifted up on the cross. And that's why even though I like screens and stuff, I said I only want the screen so big because I don't want you to cover the cross. I, I don't want to get so technological that you forget why we're here. It's the cross of Calvary. It's the fact that he hung, bled, and died. They hung him high and they stretched him wide. But he died for you and he died for I. Let's, let's go ahead. Read, read some more. He said this to show by what kind of death he was going to yeah, die. Yeah, okay, read. We're going to another passage of scripture. Go ahead and read Jesus that. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. Here is the guarantee that we have. Uh, he is the resurrection and he is the life. Whoever believes in me, he was talking to Martha at the time because the Lazarus is dead and he was stinking. And he told Martha, whoever believes in me, they never die even when they die. And here's what I'm trying to tell you, not just natural deaths. I don't care what you've lost. 
and what's died in your life and what it looks like is not going to work. If you believe in him, if you will look to him, if you will look to the cross, if you will look to your savior, you will never lose. You will never die. You will never end up at the bottom of the barrel forever. You will always rise up again. You're like a weeble wobble. You'll bounce down, but you'll always bounce back up. You're like a palm tree. You'll bend, but you will never break. If you know who to look to and you have the one you're looking to down on the inside, you got power down on the inside. You got joy down on the inside. You got peace down on the inside. And all I need you to do is look for it because it's there. We told you about in the path. Just look on the inside. All right, let's go on. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Do you believe this? Shall never die. And the beauty of it is we get heaven and earth when we die physically. That's, that's the only thing that keeps us going. When we lose a loved one, the left and right, knowing that they had a pathway to heaven. That keeps us preaching. I, I wouldn't be able to preach if I, if I believed that all the people that I've encountered just died when they died. No, they just crossed over into another life. And, and I know it because there's times I'm here and I can feel H. Royce Mitchell stepping down in me, preaching through me. I, it, 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 it ain't over when it's over. It's not over when the credits roll. If, if you're a Marvel fan, whenever the credits roll, the movie ain't really over. They always got some coming attractions. And all you got to do, if you know it, you sit still. People who are Marvel fans, when the credits are, credits are rolling, they sit still. People who don't know, they get up and start walking out. And this is what I want to let you know. It looks like the credits are rolling in your life. And focus getting up and walking out. I don't want you to walk out. I want you to sit down because God ain't through with you yet. Yes, I lost a loved one, but God ain't through with me yet. Yes, I lost a job, but God ain't through with me yet. My baby daddy ain't worth a dime, but God ain't through with me yet. My baby mama ain't worth a dime, but God ain't through with me yet. The folk at the church lied on me, but God ain't through me yet. I want you to know God, even though the credits is rolling, he got the final say-so, and God is still going to bless. He's still going to perform. All he needs for you is to believe. Just believe he's able. Believe he can do it. Believe he can work it out. Believe he can turn around. Believe he is who he said he is. That's why we say this is my Bible. I can have what it says I can have. I can do what it says I can do. The story is still being written. Even, even as I grab that, it makes me, I'm, I'm really close. It makes me think of a highly, one of our inmates. He's the one who sent me and my wife. This Bible, he sent three of them, one for me, one for my wife, one for my mother. And guess what? The story's still being written. I know Judge Dallin gave him a certain amount of numbers, but the numbers are being crossed off. He's already got some back, and I still believe because he's part of Deliverance Temple, God going to work with some numbers. It's some other folk that's locked up that got some high numbers. Don't believe in the high numbers. The story ain't been written yet. God going to turn some stuff around. God going to erase some stuff. I don't know what he's going to do. I don't know how he's going to do it, but I know he's able, and I know the story ain't over yet. You it might be in $50,000 worth of student debt, but the story is still being written. You might not be married, but the story is still being written. You might be barren like my wife, but baby, the story is still being written. When God 
is ready. He's able to lift you up. He's able to turn it around. But just believe. Here's the summary. And we close with this. And we'll go into our communion. The summary is this. With Jesus, in Jesus, and through Jesus, the path is always upward. I, I look like I'm knocked down. But with Jesus, and in Jesus, and through Jesus, the path is always upward. I feel like doing some more acting. I'm sorry for the, for the people who are online. And that's why I beg of you, if you're in the city, you might as well come in the house. Because there's something in the house. But I done got knocked down. I done got hit in the face. I done got hit in the eye. And I heard the referee say one. I heard him say two. I heard him say three. I didn't have no power. I heard him say four. I couldn't make it. I was depressed. I heard him say five, six, and seven. And I was still addicted. I heard him say eight. But baby, when he said nine, something got inside of me. And I stood up from my stupor. And I had power. He looked me in my eye. He said, can you still make it? Can you still fight? I got some power left in me. I got another round in me. I got another couple blows in me. And the devil couldn't count me out. And guess what? I'm firing again. I'm boxing again. And guess what? Before my life ends, before you see them put me in the casket, I'm going to raise up the champion's belt. Because I believe that the God that I serve, he's able to do just what he said. Somebody say the path upward. The path upward. Come on, grab your communion. Let's stand to our feet. <laughs> Somebody say he's able. He's well able. My, 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 my. Mm, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Listen, when, when, when I get an organist, y'all better watch out. I'm going I'm to act a fool. I'm going to put that communion up. Let's, let's go to the scripture. I'll read it. Luke 22, 19 through 20. This is how it reads. It says, taking bread, he blessed it, broke it, and gave it to them, saying, come on, let's take the bread. It says this, eat in my memory. Now go ahead and eat. He did the same with the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant written in my blood. Blood poured out for you. We're going to read that one more time, and I'm going to change the you. Blood poured out for me. Somebody say, blood poured out for me. Now, come on, let's drink. All right, come on, let's. Bow our heads. Let's pray. Let me let me say this before we pray. Uh, as I was preparing this message, I was looking at it and I was typing it up. 
And I was like, well, we're not going to end on a high note. This ain't going to be the best message. Well, but God, God show me ain't got nothing to do with me. He do what he want to do when he want to do it. Come on, let's bow our heads. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, God, we thank you. Thank you for this pathway series. God, the path forward, path inward, path downward, path upward. God, the only thing we don't want is that path downward. And God, even if we do get there, you are going to pull us back up. Now, God, lift us up where we belong. If there's anybody here under the sound of my voice as well as online who doesn't know you in the pardon of their sin, if they don't know this joy, this vibrance that they hear from me, I want them to reach out and believe today and accept you in their life as their Savior. Don't let them worry how all this is going to work out. Don't let them worry about none of that. Just let them say yes to you. And one yes to you, one step to you is like the escalator. You'll take them up and up until they get where they're supposed to go. And for that, we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. And let everybody say Amen. God bless you all. We love you. Have a great week.